Hi, I'm Joe, and this is an audio version of my report, Scheming AIs. Will AIs fake alignment during training in order to get power? I'm reading this report in sections. This section, which corresponds roughly to section 2.3.1.1 of the main report, focuses on what I call the goal-guarding hypothesis. Audio versions of the other sections are available on this podcast as well, and the series begins with an introductory section that includes a summary of the entire report, which covers most of the main points and technical terminology. I'm hoping this summary will provide much of the context necessary to understand individual sections of the report on their own. Section 2.3, aiming at reward on the episode as part of a power-motivated instrumental strategy. So far, we've covered two of the three prerequisites for scheming I listed above, namely situational awareness and beyond-episode goals. Let's turn to the third, namely, the model concludes that its beyond-episode goals will be better achieved if it optimizes for reward on the episode, and in particular, that it or some other AIs will get more power if it does this. Should we expect situationally aware models with beyond-episode goals to conclude this? For now, let's assume that the model's conclusions in this respect are accurate though I'll talk about the possibility of relaxing this assumption below. This means that the question reduces to, will instrumental training gaming, in fact, be the best strategy for achieving the model's beyond-episode goals in virtue of the power it grants the model or some other AI? I'm going to start by examining what I see as the story most often offered in support of this conclusion, what I call the, quote, classic goal-guarding story. Section 2.3.1, The Classic Goal-Guarding Story. The classic goal-guarding story runs roughly as follows. 1. Instrumental value of goal content integrity. Because the model has a beyond-episode goal, it will typically promote that goal for agents pursuing it to survive and be empowered in the future. 2. The goal-guarding hypothesis. If the model optimizes for reward on the episode during training, then the goals that survive training will be such that the model would want them promoted in the future, whereas if the model doesn't optimize for reward on the episode during training, the model will want this less. Three. Adequate future empowerment. Conditional on surviving training to the degree at stake in 2, the model's goals will then end up empowered to a degree and with sufficient probability as to justify, given the model's other goals, its tolerance for risk, etc., pursuing a strategy of training gaming overall. 1 here is a fairly general statement about the basic dynamic that underlies the classic goal-guarding story. I find it plausible in the context of the sort of adequate future empowerment at stake in 3, so I won't spend a lot of time on it here. Rather, I'll focus on 2 and 3 directly. Section 2.3.1.1, The Goal-Guarding Hypothesis We can distinguish two variants of the goal-guarding hypothesis, an extreme version and a looser version. The extreme version, which I'll call the crystallization hypothesis, says that once a model starts training gaming, its goals will basically stop changing, period. That is, they will, quote, crystallize. The looser version says that once a model starts training gaming, its goals might keep changing somewhat, but much less than they would have otherwise, and not enough for the classic goal-guarding story to fail overall. The former might seem extreme, but some analysts explicitly appeal to something in the vicinity, see e.g. Hubinger here. It's also a cleaner focus of initial analysis, so I'll start there. Section 2.3.1.1.1 The Crystallization Hypothesis As I understand it, the basic thought behind the crystallization hypothesis is that once a model is explicitly optimizing either for the specified goal or for reward on the episode, whether terminally or instrumentally, then the goal part of its cognition, the figurative, quote, goal slot, has become roughly optimal by the lights of the reward signal. That is, the model's, quote, goal-achieving engine is pointed in the optimal direction for getting reward, and all that remains is for SGD to improve the goal-achieving engine itself. 
Further alterations to the goal slot would just redirect the goal-achieving engine towards a less-than-optimal target. Is that right, though? I'm not sure. In particular, the argument makes most sense if we assume that the goal-directedness at stake is fairly, quote, clean, where the goal slot and the goal-achieving engine are quite separable. If we assume a messier form of goal-directedness, one that blurs the lines between the model's goals and the heuristics, tastes, impulses, patterns of attention, and so on that also structure slash drive its capabilities, then the argument seems to me more questionable. To illustrate, consider the following example. Suppose that I am a long-lived altruist with no intrinsic interest in stacking bricks, and a strange trillionaire offers me the following deal. I go into the desert and stack bricks for a million years, with my brain hooked up to a machine that continually tweaks all of my neurons such that every time I stack bricks better than expected, the machine has some way of calculating this expectation, it alters my brain to make sure to make what I did more likely next time, and every time I stack bricks worse than expected, it alters my brain to make what I just did less likely next time. Then, at the end of the process, this trillionaire will give me many billions of dollars to do whatever I want with, for example, to do very altruistic things with, if I'm still so inclined. Suppose that, conditional on being able to survive such a process with my values entirely intact, this would be a very attractive deal by my lights. Should I take it? If we apply an analog of the crystallization hypothesis to this situation, we'll answer yes. That is, the crystallization hypothesis would argue that in order to prevent my goals from being changed, I just have to try to stack the bricks as well as possible. In doing so, I'll make it the case that my goal-achieving ability is pointed in the optimal direction, and the machine hooked up to my brain will only have an incentive to modify my capabilities such that I'm better at brick stacking. My underlying motivations will remain untouched. But I'm not sure if this will work. That is, it seems pretty plausible to me that after a million years of brick stacking while hooked up to this machine, my, quote, values would indeed get meaningfully, quote, touched. For example, that I would learn to love the intricacies of good brick stacking, that I would learn a visceral revulsion towards bricks wrongly stacked, and so on. And it seems fairly unlikely that I would emerge merely as the same old altruist, except now extremely good at stacking bricks. Of course, it's a further question whether my values would be preserved enough for it to be worth it to take the deal overall. See discussion of the, quote, loose goal-guarding hypothesis below. My point here is just that expecting strict crystallization seems like a strong stance. And I think, quote, messy goal-directedness can help explain why. That is, to the extent that we think of my heuristics slash impulses slash patterns of attention, etc., vis-a-vis bricks, as importantly tied both to my brick-related values and to my brick-related capabilities, it becomes harder for SGD to modify only the latter while leaving the former entirely alone. The factory farming case discussed above provides another example of this dynamic. Suppose that a compassionate and soft-hearted animal rights activist signs up to work for decades at a factory farm in order to make money. At the end, that they will donate to animal rights organizations. And suppose that they will be hooked up the whole time to a machine like the one at stake in the brick stacking example, which constantly modifies them to factory farm more efficiently. Will working on the farm impact their animal rights-related values? I suspect it will to at least some extent, and in particular, that they will become much less sensitive and soft-hearted towards animals in their immediate environment. How this impacts their eventual propensity to donate is a further question, but assuming that the job will leave an isolated, quote, goal slot entirely static seems to me like the wrong way to think about the situation. Even beyond considerations of messy goal-directedness, though, I think there are other reasons, which I'll discuss below, e.g. in section 4, to wonder whether, e.g. training saints or reward on the episode seekers, will get higher reward than schemers, in particular because they save on the resources devoted to some combination of A, thinking about the training process, B, the instrumental reasoning involved in deciding to scheme, and C, checking whether now is a good opportunity to defect. If they do, and SGD can notice this and modify the model to get higher reward, then, especially in a low-slack regime, this seems like a further point against the crystallization hypothesis and the classic goal-guarding story more generally. 
Section 2.3.1.1.2. Would the goals of a would-be schemer, quote, float around? I'll also note another complication for the crystallization hypothesis, and for the classic goal-guarding story more broadly, a complication pointed out to me by Katya Grace. We said above that on the crystallization hypothesis, a schemer's goal crystallizes because it incentivizes instrumental training gaming, and therefore points, instrumentally, in a roughly optimal direction by the lights of the reward signal. But also, according to the classic goal-guarding story, a very wide variety of beyond-episode goals would also incentivize instrumental training gaming in the same way. So what's to prevent SGD from modifying the model's current beyond-episode goal into one of these other similarly schemer-like but otherwise quite different goals? Thus, to take a toy example, if the model starts out training gaming because it wants to later escape and maximize paperclips, what's to prevent SGD from modifying it into a model that training games because it wants to escape and maximize staples instead? By hypothesis, both goals would point in a roughly optimal instrumental directions. That is, conditional on the classic goal-guarding story going through, the actual content of a schemer's beyond-episode goal stops being relevant to the model's performance in training once the model starts training gaming. But once it's irrelevant to the model's performance, that content seems free to, quote, float around or to be otherwise influenced by SGD, for example, via regularization, as long as it stays in the region that motivates scheming. A similar point also applies to the possibility that SGD would modify a schemer into a reward on the episode seeker or a training saint, or perhaps a misgeneralized non-training gamer pursuing a max reward goal. But leaving it a schemer while modifying it to pursue a somewhat different beyond episode goal seems especially easy. Now, some of the feedback loops here get complicated. In particular, if a model knows that SGD will continue to modify its beyond-episode goal even if it starts training gaming, e.g. if a paperclip maximizer knows that it will get modified into a staple maximizer once it starts training gaming, then it might cease being motivated to training game. That is, the classic goal-guarding story might collapse. But the model it would have been modified into, in this case, the staple maximizer, might be such that it would reach the same conclusion if it were created, in which case, it wouldn't training game and hence wouldn't be a high-reward modification of the paperclip maximizer, in which case maybe the paperclip maximizer can go ahead and train a game after all, in which case maybe the staple maximizer will do the same if it gets created, in which case we're back where we started. That is, whether a given model wants to train a game depends on whether the other models it could be modified into wouldn't train a game. But all of these models are in roughly similar situations, so it seems naively like either the classic goal-guarding story works for all of them or for none of them. It's unclear, absent introspective goal-guarding methods discussed below, why it would work for one but not the others, which is what it might need to do in order to work at all. I'm not going to try to tease out the dynamics here in any detail. Absent various forms of fancy cooperation, though, see section 2.3.1.2 for a flavor, my current guess is that if, indeed, SGD would just modify a training gaming paperclip maximizer into, e.g., a training gaming staple maximizer, then, assuming it knows this, it wouldn't try to training game at all. Section 2.3.1.1.3. What about looser forms of goal guarding? What happens if we relax the crystallization hypothesis and allow the model's goals to change somewhat during training, even after it starts instrumentally training gaming? Does the classic goal guarding story still work then? Well, it depends. In particular, for the classic goal guarding story as I'm presenting it to work, it needs to be the case that the goals that will survive training are similar enough to the model's present goals for the model to want those future goals empowered. We can distinguish between at least two ways that this can happen. One, the differences don't matter. Here, the model places roughly equal value on the future goals being empowered as on its present goals being empowered, despite their differences. Two, the differences matter, but not enough to undermine the overall story. Here, the model places less value on its future goals being empowered than on its present goals being empowered, but not enough to undermine the classic goal-guarding story overall. 
Why might the differences not matter? One possibility appeals to a meta-ethical view on which an agent's, quote, true values are determined by what happens when its current values are subjected to some, quote, idealization procedure, for example, what's sometimes called coherent extrapolated volition. I think this picture is more problematic than is often realized, more here, but if we accept it, you could imagine thinking that the final result of the relevant idealization process idealization process, will be insensitive to the sorts of changes to a schemer's values that will occur even after the model starts training gaming, and that the would-be schemer will be aware of this, and so okay with those changes occurring. And we can imagine appealing to other less theoretically laden considerations as well. For example, quote, whatever it is that makes humans comparatively indifferent to small changes to their own values that, that occur throughout life, e.g. when they read new books, form new relationships, and so forth. Though note that we haven't yet said what it is about humans that leads to this sort of indifference, so it's not clear how to evaluate its applicability in this case. Why might the differences matter, but not enough to undermine the overall goal-guarding story? Here, the basic thought is that the relevant changes will lead to a discount on the value to the model of empowering future versions of its goals, for example— Maybe training changes a paperclip maximizer to a blue paperclip maximizer who has to spend extra resources on blue paint in order to achieve its goal, but the discount still leaves scheming worth it overall, e.g. blue paperclips are still paperclips, so the paperclip maximizer is much more excited to empower a future blue paperclip maximizer than it is to empower other agents. Indeed, you can imagine arguing that agents that aren't okay with empowering future versions of themselves with slightly different goals will be very ill-suited to achieving anything in a world where their goals are routinely altered at least somewhat, and so we should expect some tolerance for goal changes by default, rather than e.g. models who spend tons of time trying to make sure their goals are protected at the cost of their reward on the episode. And I find this fairly plausible with respect to within-episode goals, at least, especially to the extent that the model is being directly pressured to achieve within-episode results, even as its own internal goals are being altered. It's less clear to me, though, how to think about the generalization of this point to goal changes that occur after the episode is complete, since, by definition, the model is never being directly optimized for achieving beyond-episode objectives. Note, though, that even granted that the model might tolerate various changes to its goals for various reasons, I'm fairly happy to grant this, it's a further question whether it will tolerate the specific sorts of changes that will result from training, even conditional on training gaming. In the brick stacking case above, for example, it's pretty clearly not okay from the perspective of my decision to take the deal if I'll emerge at the end of the process obsessed with stacking bricks, a, quote, training saint, or with seizing control of the machine that was used to train me, a, quote, reward on the episode seeker and with zero interest in using my newfound riches on my previous altruistic goals. And the same holds if working on the factory farm strips the animal rights activist of his care for animals entirely. Those sorts of changes, at least, would defeat the entire point. So at the least, we need to be thinking about the size of the changes at stake. How big would those changes be? I'm not sure. On the one hand, I have some intuition that especially in a low-slack regime, if a model's goals keep changing even after it starts training gaming, they plausibly start changing a lot until they get driven into some privileged, maximally rewarded shape, e.g. someone obsessed with stacking bricks. On the other hand, especially in various higher slack cases, I can imagine cases where the relevant changes are comparatively minor. For example, in the factory farming case, I can imagine an activist who emerges having had their heart hardened with respect to animals suffering in their immediate environment, and who may have perversely learned to enjoy some aspects of the factory farming job, but who has retained enough of a grip on their previous animal rights-related values to still use the money for donation. 
Finally, note that depending on how much a model with beyond episode goals stands to gain from stands to gain from non-schemer-like strategies, more in section 2.3.1.2.6 below, it may increase its tolerance for the sorts of goal changes that will occur even via training gaming, because the changes that will result from not training gaming are worse. Thus, for example, if for some reason I end up trapped in the brick stack in, in the brick stacking desert, I could conceivably be quite pessimistic about my prospects for emerging especially altruistic at the end. But I still might conclude that trying to stack bricks as well as I can is a better strategy than e.g. just trying to escape, since I know that my escape attempt will fail and will plausibly result in my brain, and perhaps the altruistic goals motivating the attempt, being modified more than if I just do for now what the machine wants me to do. Though, if a, if a schema reasoning in this way still ends up fully modified into not a schema by the end of training, then we wouldn't need to worry about the sorts of things that schemers at least might do at the end of training, e.g., if the strange trillionaire for some reason really wants me to spend my prize money on stacking bricks, then even if I decide early on that stacking bricks is likely to modify my values less than trying to escape, and so start out executing a quote schemer-like strategy, still, if I still end up obsessed with brick stacking at the end, the trillionaire is happy. Section 2.3.1.1.4 Introspective Goal Guarding Methods Thus far, I have been focused on instrumental training gaming as the model's method for avoiding the modification of its goals. But people sometimes discuss alternative methods in this respect, and in particular what I'll call introspective methods. These methods are often discussed under the label gradient hacking, but I think previous definitions of gradient hacking don't distinguish it adequately from training gaming and from other methods of trying to intentionally manipulate the direction training takes. Here, the main idea is for the model to intentionally set up the internal structure of its mind such that if its goal were to change, then this would harm its performance in training a lot, such that SGD would then, therefore, avoid changing the relevant goal. For example, maybe the model wants to make sure that SGD doesn't change its goal of maximizing paperclips, so it sets a policy like, quote, check if my goal is still to maximize paperclips, and if not, flail around pointlessly rather than get reward. I'm calling these, quote, introspective methods because they generally involve the model checking what its goal is and then acting on this basis. Of course, SGD might also just delete slash alter a policy of this type, so the model needs to find a way to avoid that as well. And note that this sort of policy requires that the model have certain kinds of epistemic access to its own goals and an ability to set slash commit to a policy of the relevant type. Indeed, because the gradients depend on what results from tiny changes to a model's parameters, plausibly the model needs to find a way to make this sort of policy sensitive even to tiny changes in its goals. Making this sort of scheme work seems intuitively pretty hard to me, at least for not wildly superhuman models. But I'm not going to try to evaluate its viability in detail, as I don't see this sort of scheme as central to the classic goal-guarding story. Rather, the model's manipulation of the training process proceeds via training gaming in particular. However, if concerns about scheming end up requiring that these sorts of introspective goal-guarding methods are viable, I think it's worth being quite clear about that fact, and devoting commensurate attention to whether or not the relevant sorts of methods might work. I discuss one empirical research direction in this respect in section 6.8. Okay, so that was content from the beginning of section 2.3.1, uh, and in particular section 2.3.1.1 on the goal guarding hypothesis. Audio versions of the other sections are also available on this podcast, Joe Carl Smith Audio. Thanks for listening.